You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. All right, so cold open here. I'm not going to say we're flying high. I'm Michael Kist. Benjamin Solak's here with me. This is all brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Of course, we're here to talk with you about the Eagles' 17-10 loss at home to the New England Patriots. Close game, probably closer than it should have been. I felt like the uh, it, it was never really that much in doubt for the Patriots until the very end. And there's a lot to unpack here. There's going to be a lot of, of, of opinions about it, Ben. Wentz misses a couple throws. Absolutely. Deserves criticism for it. I get it. Fourth down. Patriots come with a blitz. He puts it up to Nelson Aguilar, who has forever to track this thing. Aguilar puts himself in a weird situation where he's got to bend completely backwards to try to bring this thing in. Does not. Eagles lose. I mean, it's as, it's as simple as that. It, it's, <laughs> and it's going to be made to be much more complicated yeah. than it is. But it really is that simple. Ben, how you doing, brother? I'm at like, and you can talk a lot about the context that leads up to these plays and we did against the Atlanta game at the Atlanta game we did in the Detroit game when we're going to do the very same for this Patriots game here but the reality is that three plays swing three potentially three games the the Patriots game is obviously tying the game possibly because the Eagles could have gone for two, for two there right. remember, there's a whole butterfly effect thing with that so yeah the, so two plays to win the game and then one to give you a chance to win the game which you have right. not had since uh the second quarter and it's just it's three drops and then it's it's five and five. Now, a quick note on the Nelson Aguilar pass. Mm. Mike said he had a ton of time to reel it in. He did. He had a ton of time to track it. He did. If you're saying this is a you know, he would have been an amazing, very tough catch, understand that Carson threw this ball before Aguilar had even cleared the defender because Early, of the yep. zero blitz, because of yeah. the zero blitz. And yet Nelson Aguilar put himself in a position to make the catch more difficult than it had to be, and then subsequently was not able to make a difficult catch, which was still makeable. Um, so yeah, Aguilar, who had a a pretty key catch there on the penultimate drive, really dramatic catch by the way, jumps up in the air and then comes to like brother, just catch it and run. I don't. I, I, anyway, <laughs> either way, side tangent. You know, it was a big third down play. Uh, yeah, ends up being once again uh, exposed in the injured and struggling Eagles offense. Uh, as just a player who simply cannot make a big play when the Eagles require it of him, which brings us back to the framework that BLG loves to use, which is when was the last time you saw an Eagles receiver make a play for Carson Wentz? Um, <laughs> and brings us, of course, back to our framework, which we like on this show, which is it's not hard to tell watching a team if the quarterback's the problem. Is Carson Wentz the problem? And Carson didn't play well. Didn't play a good football game. Yeah, let's let's say that again so everyone understands that we're not making excuses for Carson Wentz. I was 
was I was saying Carson wasn't playing a good game at like the second quarter, and people were right. very upset with me. <laughs> right? Oh, this I agree. When we were we were leading, mm-hmm. Carson didn't play a good football game. He's also not the problem with the offense. The problem with the offense is the weapons. And this this wasn't and just just to cut you off here for a second, this wasn't like Dallas bad from Carson, which is what I was worried it was going to be with the depleted core, and then Vitae has to come in, Sanders comes out, and you're just completely depleted on offense, guys aren't getting open, so on and so forth. This wasn't the Dallas game for Carson, that's encouraging to me, bad game for Carson. So there's levels to it, and he deserves criticism, but go ahead. Right, that's the thing, is like, you know, in terms of calibrating expectation, we, I mean, like, I I don't don't mean to say it this way, but like, we told you it wasn't going to be a good Carson game. And, and everyone was shocked. <laughs> and yeah. it would it would have been nice if it had been. That would have been cool, but it did not seem likely. And the reason it didn't seem likely is because number one, this is a very very good defense, and it's hard for quarterbacks to look good against the Patriots defense. Just period. I mean, this is Lamar Jackson looked good against Patriots. It's about it, right? If you if you go and you look back at the rest of the team, uh, the rest of the quarterbacks that have performed well against the New England Patriots defense so far this year. I mean, max passing is 276 yards, which was Ben Roethlisberger in week one. After that, Carson is now the second most passing yards against this Patriots defense. Yards per attempt. the There are three numbers that are above six yards per attempt in terms of quarterbacks playing against the Patriots defense this year. Those numbers belong to Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and again, Ben Roethlisberger. Carson averaged 5.4 yards attempt, would have put him sixth, right about average, for the quarterbacks who have played against the Patriots so far this year. And that was like their season-long average, too, yeah. Patriots have allowed three passing touchdowns so far this year and have intercepted, let me do some quick math in my head, 10, 12, 15, or excuse me, 17, 19, 19. So, so three passing touchdowns, 19 interceptions. Carson threw a touchdown and did not throw an interception. Carson had basically... The game we expect quarterbacks to have against the New England Patriots defense. Now, not great quarterbacks have played the Patriots this year. Correct. Been uh, uh, half of Josh Allen and half of Matt Barkley. Been Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, Luke Falk, Sam Darnold. uh, I said Josh Allen. Josh Rosen. So, certainly, you could say Carson should have performed better than these bad quarterbacks performed against the Patriots defense. But the fact of the matter is that nobody has had a good game against the Patriots defense. And the Eagles quarterback, who has been a good player for two and a half years now, without his starting left tackle and starting right tackle at the the end of the game, without his number one receiver and his number two receiver, (laughs) and without his number one back, with all this considered... Carson was about what we expect quarterbacks to be against the Patriots. So yep. if you're like this, the Carson was really bad in this game. Really bad relative to what we've typically seen from him. That might be excessive, but yeah. Really bad relative to your expectation for how he's supposed to do. you got to be able to recalibrate expectation. Yeah. Because this is not, you don't win. Your quarterbacks don't look good against the Patriots even in 2019. Hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. And Ben, you, we came into this game, and, and I think you were more on the side of we weren't going to learn a lot about Carson Wentz. I was on the side of we are going to learn some things about Carson Wentz, in these, at least in these next two games, and especially over the stretch of the rest of the season, not necessarily dialed in on this game. But in this game, like I said, I mean, this is basically what we expected. And, and I think that's right. because me and you have calibrated our expectations to a realistic level. 
We're not out here waving a Wentz flag going, he's elite. He should be in the MVP conversation. We're not. I mean, that's just the reality of the season. Like, he's not Russell Wilson this year. He doesn't have the the crazy dynamic playmaking ability of a, of a Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, holy crap today, he was amazing. Sure. So we're also not saying that Carson Wentz is the problem of this offense. I mean, people were telling me throughout the game, Carson's holding on to the ball too long. And look, on the strip sack where he fumbled, absolutely. He's got, he's got, he's got to get his eyes to the backside. I think you tweeted about it. Once he sees that mic drop yeah. and, and, and whatnot, he's got to get his eyes to the backside. He's either got to get it out or he's got to protect the ball. He did he did neither. I don't know what he was pump faking out there. Right. That was and, a bad decision. Right. And the thing is, like, the bad Carson plays, that that fumble, the third down miss to Ertz, yeah. are so easy to find because he's the only good player on the daggum field. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard to see when he doesn't do a good job. It's because... He's the one who's been keeping the offense looking like what it's been like, barely salvageable, for the whole game. And then he mm-hmm. misses Ertz on third down. And, you know, Roma, who I think called it a tremendous game, is like, I think it did too. Look, at the, look at the space for the running back on the backside. It's not the Eagles offense. Eagles offense is, is not going the frontside swing pattern to, to Miles Sanders. They never have and they never will. It's going backside yeah. one-on-one to Ertz. If Carson has Ertz one-on-one on the snap, that's where it's going. And we can just accept that as reality, right? He misses him. Carson misses him. Carson's missed that throw before. He's missed it on second and five in the second quarter with 8-13 left to go against the Bears. Right. Random number. Right. And this is what's this is what's critical, right? So he's done that. The sack, fumble. He's done that before. Many, many times. But when the Eagles win, Carson's good. And when they lose, he's bad. And so are you evaluating quarterback play? On the condition of with the with the input the data of play, or are you in putting on the data of result uh, a, a similar point? I would argue quite strongly, and I might I might you know eat my words after I watch the all twenty two, and if I do, I'll be very very glad to. I would argue quite strongly that not much change about the Eagles' play calling from half one to half two. Major change I would say would would be I thought they they got away from Miles Sanders too early. Miles Sanders had only four touches. Of his total 13 come in the second half. And we thought this had to be a, a running game for the Eagles. Yeah. And I called out multiple times on Twitter during the game. You know, I, I feel like Sanders probably your best playmaker right now. Like I get the whole target Ertz thing, but he's getting exactly what's thrown to him and that's it. Sanders has the ability to give you the explosive play that I think you're really missing right now. Now, they did try to, you know, hit Sanders. They tried to hit him on the third and eight angle route, backed up against the goal line. Carson was under pressure, inaccurate throw, got a punt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, they tried to hit but- him on the, the screen pass, second and 10. Carson ends up scrambling, picks up eight. So they tried to get him the ball, but they just weren't really able to. But, like, the screen passes were still there. They were they were heavily targeting the flats the same way they were on the 16-play drive. The play calling stayed very much the same. The defense didn't because the defense had no fear of anything going deep. And that's what the nature of this Eagles offense is. And, like, this is why we can tie everything back to, like, when you cannot stretch the field on third and five, Carson's trying to hit a window as the size of the football to a diving Nelson Aguilar on an eight-yard slam because you don't have Alshon Jeffrey to throw it to. You don't have Deshaun Jackson to take the top off the defense and run a 12-yard crosser because the safeties are buzzing. So you're trying to hit that small window. Defender makes a great play, and everybody's furious at Aguilar for dropping the ball and furious at Carson for doing that, furious at the play calling for not being cool enough. Defender made a good play. But this is what the Eagles offense has been for weeks, right? Yeah. We go and we look back two weeks ago. Who did they play? Who the heck was it? Chicago? Uh, Chicago was two weeks ago. Yeah, before Chicago. Great opening script, right? Everybody was really excited. Oh, the play calling looks good. It was the exact same John that they got in the 16 play drive. 95 yards. 
nine and a half minutes this took, and it's flats, and it's box counts, it's package plays, it's 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 pre-snap RPOs. It's I'm gonna count the numbers, I'm gonna put the ball where it's supposed to be, and we're gonna have guys win one-on-one matchups or guys win in limited space. We're gonna stay ahead of the six sticks. They convert on a third and two. They convert as uh, actually the only third down they got in that entire drive. But they, they they regularly stay ahead of the sticks. So there you go, right? It's just small positive chunk gains, small positive chunk gains, small positive chunk gains. That's how they tried to continue to win through the entire game on offense. And people were asking, why is the play calling changed? It hasn't. It's just really hard to put together a 16-play drive when you're not going to throw the ball far down the field, when it's going to be screens, hitches, and slants. But that's, that's, that's what the offense has become with the, the offensive line injuries and with, the, with the, the, the receiver injuries. This is what we've seen for weeks now. So again, are you evaluating based off of what occurred or are you evaluating based off of the result? Because the Eagles and Carson Wentz are much the same as they were. They played a really, really good defense. They got ahead of them early. Belichick threw curveballs at them, and they did not have the players uh, or the, the the adjustments necessary to, to break the, the floodgates. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's facing the Patriots. It's what happens. Especially when you can't get separation, you know, vertical down the field and everything becomes horizontal and it's all gonna be quick game and everything like that. And brother, I just saw the I just saw the tweet from Mike K put this out. He says, quote, Nelson Aguilar said he felt like he tracked the fourth down strike to the end zone well, but when he hit the ground the ball came loose. Brother, you didn't have you, the ball. Uh, my, you... my my sweet angel. <laughs> love of my life. My you darling. Didn't have the ball when you hit the ground. My darling, what if you, you flipped the other way, you know what a hit the ground first would have been your feet. Yeah. Which is how you stand. Them. <laughs> it's incredible i'm just saying yes of course the ground hit uh, the ground contributed to you in the ball being dislodged you were at a 135 degree angle with the ground you were not in a good position to make the catch at no point were you taught to catch the ball like that i think me and you are less upset about this overall offensive performance because coming right. into it i mean what was our score predictions i thought like what 27 to 10 27 to 13 you like, said yeah, i think you said 27 to 13 i said 30 to 16 and that right. i think transitions us into what was surprising and exciting which was the play of the defense which i thought uh played a relatively good game obviously as you saw on the uh whatever it's called uh the first half graphic 14 first half complete incompletions for tom brady yep. that's one of the 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 that's a shocking if you told me that stat against the eagles defense oh <laughs> i would have been flabbergasted and we're going to talk more about it when we come back here on the kissed and Solak show so that's coming up next we'll be talking about the defense in this 17 to 10 loss to the patriots at home we'll be right back and we are back here on the Kist and Solak show. I think it's episode 146. Anyway, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. All of this brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I think my voice is about to go out on me, so I'm going to pitch it to Ben to talk about the defense in, in what was a surprisingly decent performance. And and really, if they had hands, if let me rephrase that, if they did not have butts for hands, <laughs> they might have had about four interceptions on Tom Brady, who from the beginning... It was one of the worst games I've seen Brady play in a hot second. Other than the Buffalo game, way back, remember we talked about the blueprint for the Buffalo game saying, you know, he was confused and the receivers were confused and so on and so forth, and he was yeah. a little bit scattershot with his accuracy. He kind of looked the same in this game. He wasn't good He's, in this game the, from the, early the on. The Brady placement is not there. The Brady pocket right. movement was not there, and then the receivers aren't what they used to be. And obviously... Yeah. They much have the same problem that the Philadelphia Eagles do, which is who's stretching the field for them? How are they getting downfield, right? Both defense, both offenses are really unable to do so. Well, what were the Patriots able to do such that they were able to score 17 points? Well, number one, get a short field. Helps a lot. You have a, a one-yard drive that gives you three points. So the one turnover 
drastically changes the perspective of the game. And then when they come out on the opening drive, they get a couple of good plays, get a couple of good swing plays, kind of catch the Eagles a little bit sleepy out of the half. And then it's the, uh, whatever it's called, the 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 Philip Dorsett trick play pass to Julian Edelman. Oh, Lord God. almighty. Did you see the coverage? <laughs> it was inverted cover two. People were putting that on McLeod. Invert two, baby, at the 15. So two things on that. Can't get beat on invert two from the 15. It's too close to the end line. Genius. Right. Big G, big brain play calling. So McLeod flies up. Darby has nothing holding him on the backside. He just stops and lets Dorsett go across the formation. I've never been so emotional in my entire life. There was no <laughs> other active receiver to that side. I was losing right. my mind. So, and again, it comes down to why can't you just run with him? That was like the big play against the Bears where right. it was only Taylor Gabriel running down the field and Jenkins is holding the middle of the field right. for like, no, re- just run with the guy. Darby, just run with the guy. Firstly, And Douglas has got to respond to like what looks like a right. screen. I get that pre-snap to not acknowledge and recognize that there's only one receiver to your side so you should probably follow him wherever he goes is amazing right bonkers but how do they coach this difference right but then it's an inbreaker in the red zone right and 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 whatever his name is jenkins is robbing underneath where mcleod is the one that's got like the deep hook or whatever right so this is not even right but this is this is not even a route in which you would not follow it in the first right. place i agree because because he, there's literally like, for underneath crossers this is a deep right. route this is breaking at the goal line and then to not like experience the play live like that's a wide receiver screen so sewell is not going to be gaining depth because he's going to be trying to go tackle the guy and to just stay there in the back half of the end zone it's just like it's just delightful it's delicious i love it because it's <laughs> unbelievable ben what was that i think it's somebody upstairs moving things at 8 19 at night nugget didn't even mark nugget zonked <laughs> that's well, got the crap out of me yeah i was like oh it might have been snow and ice falling off the roof oh okay either way stay on skype with me for the remainder of the night i'm worried about you now 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 the the young one has woken up uh and is in discontent over the disruption of her slumber <laughs> Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about Ronald Darvin and Inver cover two on the touchdown. So this is <laughs> just like a, a blown coverage. Uh, yeah. They also had on a couple of the the third downs that the Patriots were converting there in the first half. They had cover one man press, which mm-hmm. like we've been asking for, and I get it, and I was happy to see it. But also like, ah, I don't love telling Brady like, hey, Julian Edelman's gonna be one on one with somebody if you want it. Mohammed mm-hmm. is gonna be one on one with somebody if you want it. But generally speaking. Dropped interceptions aside, good game Mills, good game Darby, good game Maddox. Corners probably played one of their, their best games as a collective group this year. 31% on third down to, to New England, you know, not that bad. It's really not that bad. And, it, and it, allow, it allowed the Eagles to stay in this game, even with their offensive funk, which is, you know, in the middle of the game, which we were extremely worried about. We were worried about, number one, the Patriots jumping out on top of this defense. That did not happen. They actually allowed the Eagles to get a lead, but then, of course, a couple field goal drives and then the, the fumble by Wentz that we already talked about. 
And next thing you know, you're you're kind of up against it and everything becomes magnified in that area. And, you know, you have some troubles getting off on third down in that area, the trick play, the touchdown, blah, blah, blah. But overall, yeah, I mean, encouraging from the defense, even though it was a bad game from Brady, was also partly a bad game because the Eagles were able to get pressure on Brady and move him off the spot, make him uncomfortable. He never really was able to get into a big time rhythm in this game. So overall, I mean, that's that's an encouraging thing to me because we were severely worried about this defense coming out of the bye because really the only challenges that they had faced in the past couple of weeks were against bad quarterbacks and Josh Allen and their inept offense of Buffalo and Mitch Trubisky. So you actually acquit yourself well, well in this case. And Jalen Mills finally finds himself somebody that he can, he can run step for step with. Congrats on staying step for step with 38-year-old tight end Ben Watson. That was great. Good sign from him. But really, I mean, overall, though, like I give Mills crap, but like he didn't really stand out in this game other than the one misjudge where he was beat. It was a bad underthrow. Looked like he could have had a pick. And then stumbled himself into a deflection, which was, it was the weirdest. Right. It was a very Jalen Mills play. Uh, other than that, any other major takeaways from this game? I, I really do can't, I, I can't wait to see the film on this one for the reasons that I've kind of talked about before, especially with Wentz, you're talking about, you know, he's holding on to the ball too right. long and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Well, do we want to, I said that we would have a, a, a note and a conversation on this, so let's do it. And let's I, do I it. shared the, the, the. Uh, transcript from Kiss to Select Show episode 111, uh, which is a few months back. We can go listen to it talking about Carson Wentz's uh, developments, hopefully into 2019. The difference between pocket management and escapability. I tweeted uh, during the game, I believe it was after Carson Wentz ran into a third down sack. Uh, Carson's a bad pocket manager, and that's okay. You don't need to be a good pocket manager to be a good quarterback. I also tweeted that Carson, this was one of his farviest games, and it was. Yeah. And bad pocket management is, is a hallmark of Favre. Yeah. Uh, so you don't need to be a good pocket manager to be a good quarterback, uh, but Carson's a bad pocket manager, and we should acknowledge that. Carson regularly breaks the pocket, scrambles, makes incredible plays, picks up yards with his feet. He breaks tackles inside the pocket against 300-pound players he should not be breaking. What a tremendous joy that is to watch, and it's a great skill. It is escapability. It is when Carson drops his eyes, relinquishes his throwing base, tucks the ball, and plans on getting outside of the quarterback to either reset the play or to just go pick up yardage with his legs. Escapability. Mm. Pocket management is far more subtle and is far less predicated on athleticism. Pocket management is the ability to move within the pocket because not all, not two pockets are the same. Pocket's always slightly different every single time. And to move within the pocket, to naturally gravitate towards space, to keep your feet in rhythm with the route concepts, to help offensive linemen generate the correct angle against a blocker. Think about it this way. You go to block your 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 for your quarterback. You expect him to be at a certain set point. You know, five yards uh, behind me, two yards to my left, to the left of my inside hip. And then you go and you block your guy and he starts to get outside of you, right? Well, you're still blocking for that magic set point, but you can't see eyes in the back of your head. So if your quarterback who sees that you're starting to lose to the outside a little bit, well, he can adjust his set point so to put you, the offensive lineman, between the rusher and him. So it's helping your pass protection with subtle pocket movements. This is pocket management. Carson struggles with pocket management. He likes to leave his feet uh, cemented to the ground, stapled to the floor. He likes to hang tight, tall, strong in the pocket, sit there with his rocket arm, wait for things to uncover. He, he tends to bird dog reads. We've known this since his North Dakota State days. 
That's what leads to sacks and fumbles like the Demarcus Lawrence one in the first game against the Cowboys, like the one today, like the third down sack that he ran into. He could do a lot more in terms of unstapling his feet, resetting within the pocket, never tucking, never taking his eyes down, but moving within the pocket to pre- prevent pressures, to prevent sacks, and to extend his, his longevity in the pocket so that he can make the passes that he wants to make. Carson Wentz is a good escaper. He is a bad pocket manager. This is not new. This is not terrible news. It's not good news, but it's not terrible news. And it is not prohibitive to him having a long, successful Hall of Fame caliber career. Just something we should note. And we should understand as as a nuance of quarterback evaluation when when we watch him play. Um, So there's that note. Other notes that I wanted to say, I did like a fair bit of what Jim Schwartz did. Like I said, press coverage at the line was nice. There was a lot more split field on the first couple of drives, which were two uh, scoreless drives for, for the Patriots than we've typically seen, which was, I thought was really, really good. Uh, and also uh, five-man fronts. So uh, using Anthony yeah. Rush as a nose tackle, zero mm. technique. That's a big fella. I like that a lot. Two, three techs. And then as Roma was pointing out, they had the wide nine rushes, but they'd also have stand up Sam's on the outside, which was a really good way to generate a hard edge against the outside runs. The Patriots were trying to execute five man surface and then two linebackers back. They did a great job stopping the run out of that in the first half. They started to die out in the second half. But as we noticed, they were really on the field for a long time in that second half. And it's not surprising that that all the defense started to give a little bit. Wanted to be the Fletcher Cox game. Don't think it was the Fletcher Cox game. Don't really have an explanation for you why. Um, but he did not have as big of an impact in the pass rush as you expected him to. Again, first couple drives were great, and then things just started to, to, to fall away, whether that was coaching adjustments, team getting tired. You know, we'll see and we'll figure it out. Big V was prohibitively bad. Something that we should know is that sometimes Big V is workable, um, but Big V is a right tackle instead of a left tackle. Not getting much help, especially once Dillard went in and coming off the bench cold was an issue. It was not good. Without, yeah. Whatever the opposite of good is, is what this was. Thondavante Maddox played well. Don't think he was being picked on. Just think the Patriots throw to their slots a lot. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was weird. People were saying that he was getting targeted as if like that was like part of the game plan for the Patriots. That's where their offense was operating out of. Right. That's just what comes with it. And he made some good plays too, especially in the end zone, ripping one out. Here's one. Yeah. Camus Grugier Hill. Yeah, buddy. Revenge game. Patriots drafted him. Has been outsnapped every single week by Nate Gary. <sighs> but it started the last three weeks. Starts today, has three TFLs. This is more than Nate Gary has had the entire season. Nate Gary has had two TFLs. Grugier Hill had three in the first half. He is a instinctive, aggressive, fast linebacker who is a plus in coverage. Let us please keep him on the field as long as we can. I agree. Uh, that's yeah. A, that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's Very good, good point, Ben. Let's go to let's go to three words. Every week after the game, we ask the gentle listeners from three words. We tweet this out from the at BGN underscore radio account. Make sure you're following that account so you can get in on the action. As always, we read the best or the funniest or just responses that we want to read on this show. Uh, ben, have you seen how many responses? That 305. This tweet has got? 305. That's low. Maybe it's because of the later game. Of course, we have to get to the uh, Jim Schwartz update. Because usually every week we get a fire Jim Schwartz. I'm not sure if there is one in here. Oh my gosh. I am very disappointed in you, gentle listener. Nobody wants to fire Jim Schwartz. We only held the Patriots to 17. If we had held them to less than 17, the game would have been closer. That's how math works. At Troy DeCaz says, rehire Jim Schwartz since we have already fired him so many times. There it is. Though that's not three words. So that's your status update. At E Creator. 
Mm. Forever is his username. Loyal his listener. Doge is his Abby. Yeah, he recently just changed his uh, profile pic. I know this because he's a loyal listener and he, and he, oh. and he follows our stuff. His, but... his, uh, his bio says Puritans be gone. Anyway, he says, incinerate Nelson Aguilar. Next one, in his hands, all caps. Next one, dropping babies again. Next one, all caps. Nine mil per. And then the fifth one, the real curveball. Good play, JJ. Wasn't ready for that, TBH. Thought we were going to do another Aguilar-related tweet. By the way, we are not going to read all five of your responses to three words. You have one three-word submission to make. That's not allowed, but also it was funny. I do think, like, (laughs) I don't know how, I don't know if this will be true. We'll see what happens next offseason. But Jordan Matthews had six targets, one reception for six yards. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar had... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> he had Jordan one Matthews yard six per targets, target. One reception for six yards. One yard per target. He had the one where Wentz threw it up to him. Matthews had all, every chance in the world to it's go just, up and make it's a, a play. It's, it's as yeah. the kids say, a catch you'd like to see him make. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Matthews had six receptions and uh, Nelson no, six Aguilar had, six targets. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar had nine. There's yeah. a chance that in this game, of the 40 passes he attempted, Carson threw 15, a good 38.5%. Yeah. Two players who will not be rostered next year. I know. Jordan and Matthews was not rostered this year. Yeah. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, we'll see if he gets rostered. Um, But I wouldn't be shocked if he isn't. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. 15 targets to unrosterable players for the rest of the league. Unbelievable. Big woof. Do you do you wonder why Wentz had a 50% completion percentage in this game? That might explain it for you. Uh, at Shrike Lightning says, Eagles done now? Man, no. No. I mean, did you see the right. Cowboys struggle with the Detroit Lions led by Jeff, Jeff Driscoll today? This this isn't exactly a runaway. You can take a game against Seattle. Again, this is this was a close game against a very good New England team. You got a chance against Seattle next week. Maybe you get some guys back healthy. And then of course, you know, you play Dallas again. You and you've got a bunch of cupcake opponents that you should that you should beat if you are, in fact, right. a viable playoff contender. We'll find out. You right now you're one game back from the Cowboys. Yeah. If you lose to the Seahawks then you just need the Cowboys to drop one of their upcoming games. Very reasonable. One of which I believe is New England. Very reasonable. And subsequently, you will be one game back when you play them. If you beat them, you'll likely win the division. Right now, you own the tiebreaker. So unless some weird chicanery goes on. Yeah, they have the Patriots next week. Mm-hmm. So, so win next week. Right. Against Seattle, next thing you know, you're tied up again. Right. And if you, with, no, so with if you win next week, thing. yeah. And if you lose to Seattle, you're still one game back. All you have to do is beat Miami, the Giants, and the Redskins. And then you will be playing for the division in Week 16. So the Eagles... I hope that, I hope that Dallas loses to Buffalo yeah. or whoever else is they play. Or the Rams. They lost the Jets this year. Right. This is a, like... They weren't killing... You know, this is a one-possession game against the Jeff Driscoll-led Lions. This is not a, a, a killer football team. Now, yeah. I will say, we should not, you know, be so quick like, oh, Eagles, beat the Giants, beat the Dolphins. Oh, man. No, but that's what I'm saying. If, if, they, if they are a viable playoff contender... Right. I mean, we can't say either way right now with the way that this team is playing what's going on with them at the playmaker position and so on and so forth and you know who knows if this defense performance holds but if they are in fact a viable playoff contender it's not unreasonable to think that they should beat those bad teams i agree that they're not absolutely gimmies basically bef- the, the the best way to put it is this before this game the most likely way they were going to make the playoffs was by winning the week 16 game against the cowboys and after this game the most likely way they're going to make the playoffs <laughs> is by winning the week 16 against the cowboys so i agree nothing matters everything is the same uh, I need a ruling. Yeah. Dr. Feelgood okay. at Matt the Outlaw. But uh-huh. like the T and the and the, the last T and Matt are the same. Sneaky. 
says, just fire someone. Is <laughs> this a fire Jim Schwartz? I say no. I, I would put it more on Mike Rowe. Uh, Let's do this. Fire Ken Flajoli, the linebacker's coach. Fire. Is anybody going to miss him? If he's gone, is his family going to go looking for him? I don't think so. Does he have a family? <laughs> I'm not sure. Polite. That wasn't nice. His family will go looking for him. I'm sure he's loved. Carson Walsh. Fire Carson Walsh. Fire Carson Walsh. I'm in on fire Carson Walsh. I'm there. So we found somebody to fire. I hope everyone's happy. Oh, Byronic Gyro one listener of the show, says not actually disaster. So I appreciate that he probably was listening to the earlier week episodes. At no VA Philly. Philly Nova is what he goes by. Uh, Aglor. Healthy scratch. <laughs> yeah, like the Green Bay game a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, at I'm not Jeffrey, whose real name is Mitchell. Don't know why we would confuse Mitchell for Jeffrey, but That's he's not fascinating. Jeffrey. Okay. Uh, his is, uh, read this tweet, and then he attached a tweet, but I can't read it on the air because it's more than three words. That's a so, shame. Good tweet, Mitchell. If you want to read it, you got to seek it out. I saw that one too. That's a good one. Um, okay. Shane Half at Half and Half, loyal listener, especially of the QB Sco Show. He's always got a historical reference uh, suggestion. Says butts for hands. Absolutely. Abs on offense and defense. He says in parentheses, I'm going to allow it because this team right. absolutely has butts for hands. And boy, is it frustrating. At Bevan Abraham, loyal listener, always messes with Ben. I like him. Says fake sleeve season. Apparently, there was a lot of confusion over whether Carson Wentz over the bye week got a full arm yeah. sleeve tattoo. The second I saw it, I was like, ah, Carson took military appreciation month as <laughs> I get to wear all my hunting gear on the field. Do you see his postgame outfit? No. Black turtleneck, camo blazer. <laughs> This is why we're not winning football games, Mike. You know, you know, he sells like a whole line of like yes. hunting stuff and gear and whatnot. I know. So he's and like, because I, I love sitting in the woods and killing animals and considering getting some <laughs> chance Trombley at Trombley 22 says C D lamb. And actually at bird is the word 17 says tank for lamb. Uh, so lamb here being a wide receiver. For the Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners, uh, mm-hmm. who is V big and V fast and V good and has V nice hands. Uh, Eagles fans already orienting themselves towards draft season. Listen, it's always draft season, but yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Oh, here we go. Uh, Rich Seiler, he just hit me out of nowhere. I don't even know if this is the BGN thread. He says, Butts for Hands should be the name of the next pod. What do you think? Butts for Hands? Butts name, for Hands. Name of this one? I mean, yes. it applies to a bevy of players. Yeah. Offense yeah, and agree. defense. Oh, Mother Mary, Mike, what are we going to do with this football team? I don't know, man, but it was uh, really frustrating to watch this football team. Like, we're like kind of being lighthearted and everything like that. Watching this game was a chore. Offense for this team is a chore. And it's really frustrating to just go through this whole game and while it's close, really not feel like the Eagles have much of a chance to where you're like, okay, they've got 90 yards to go on this drive. What the hell does that look like? I have... No idea because I'm thinking in my head, hey, you get one play from somebody, maybe something cool will happen. Those plays never, they rarely come. They rarely come. And I think that's the most frustrating part about this offense. Just not only just the the, the lack of ability to scheme guys open like some other offenses are able to do. And that's, I guess, a frustration with Doug right there. But then also just like make some plays, man. I, Debo Samuel had a, had a crazy catch today. He's second round, third round rookie. Why can't? Guy's making nine point four million dollars. Make the catch you're supposed to make in the four. One on reception, down. one target, twenty nine yards. JJ, I think a white side. Totally big you play though. JJ game. Totally big you. play. Yeah, he's got. He this was the most snaps he's gotten in a bit. Uh, he also had a catch that was wiped off by illegal men downfield on third down. Was a nice. It was, a nice, it was a nice catch. catch. Yeah. Listen, they threw him the football. 
he caught more it. than they threw Mac Hollins the football. And they, they got better results when they threw <laughs> him the football instead of Mac Hollins the football. If only <laughs> there was some way of knowing yeah. <laughs> that this would have been the case. Okay. We good here, Ben? You ready to hit the old dusty trail? I want to see that. I want to see the film on this. This should be a fun, not really, a fun film review pod, though. It'll it'll be, uh, I'm ready to, is it Mitch Trubisky playing tonight? Uh, yes. And also the quarterback of the Bears, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, sweet. Well, then, hell, I got to get the hell out of here. Would you say goodbye to the gentle listeners? I got some tweeting to do. Hey, listen, thank you, as always, <laughs> for listening to the Kiss and Solak Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. The Eagles are 5-5. Five and five. Six games remain. The NFC East hangs in the balance. We hope you'll ride out the rest of the season with us. Uh, we hope that you are convinced that the season is not over because it isn't. And we also hope that you uh, at least gain some solace in the idea that the Eagles, who lost to the Patriots in ugly fashion, we're not supposed to do anything else but lose to the Patriots in ugly fashion. Listen, team's got to get healthy, got to get some improvements from some key players, but there is time left. And like I said, we'll be doing shows all the way through. So if you enjoyed the show, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. It's K-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. All 22 review show, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, BGN Radio main show, BLG and Jimmy Kemsky. Two preview shows as we turn towards the Seahawks should be a doozy of a football game. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you later this week. We all we got. We all we need. Gene and...